You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 11, episode 2. I'm John, I'm your host for this evening. And yeah, we're joined by just one or two people. So, football is about the fans. The Premiership is starting on Friday, no, Saturday. It's even starting. There's your first blooper. And we have fan representatives from every club. As everyone knows, football is about the fans. So, let's get to and get started. Now, introductions. We've got every team represented. So, I'm going to do a wee introduction. This feels like a kind of work meeting. So, we'll do a wee icebreaker. Okay. First up, Aberdeen, Erin. Yes. Just, okay. Hi. Just a wee bit about yourself. Obviously, we know you as a regular and what your favourite pie is. Um, I am an Aberdeen fan. I um, am a poster as well, which is pretty busy. And so it's nice now that football's back to have something on at the weekends and potentially during the week and maybe on Thursdays until Christmas or perhaps beyond now. Um, favourite pie is the Steak and Treat, so it's in Johnston, and I'm delighted that um, it's now on the menu officially next season. Yep, extremely good. Uh, I was warned by listeners that if there was no pie chart, then they would riot, so we're getting in straight away. Miguel? Evening. Same uh, idea. I'm Scott McGill, uh, Celtic fan, full-time electrician and full-time idiot, as well as a singer. Um, I'm just glad to be getting back as well. I actually was away at the weekend and I got the first ticket in the ballot as I was boarding onto the ferry. That was some laugh. <clears throat> I had to hand that away. Um, my favourite pie is actually a bridey from Dunfermline. Okay, I, I will add a disclaimer. If you don't like pies, I can add in other food, obviously. Uh, right, okay, next stop we have Ethan at Dundee. Hi, my name's Ethan. I'm a commentator for DTV. Absolutely Dundee daft. And my favourite pie is steak pie. Fairly standard, but can't beat it. Good choice, not. We like that. Uh, over the other side, across the road, Jeff. Oh, all right, I'm Jeff. I'm a uh, Dundee United fan. Uh, I'm going to say physiotherapist at the minute because I've written a book, but no one's bought it yet. So we'll just go with physiotherapist for now. Give it a plug. And, uh, Give it a plug. All right, all right. So I've got two. Two to go out and buy both. Uh, one's called Scotland's Lost Clubs, uh, which is but which I think is out in September. Go buy it anyway. Uh, and the second one's on Dundee Derby, which is out just before Christmas because you know I've got a daughter, I need to pay for the presents. Uh, <laughs> and I, my favourite pie, I'm gonna go for curry pie because I'm pretty basic to be honest. Curry pie, right? Okay, no worries. Uh, hearts. Hello, I am uh, Laurie. I am the commentator for Hearts TV and uh, host and produce the Scarves Around the Funnel podcast. I'll just be glad to get any pie, to be honest, because for the last year, there's been nothing at the grounds to eat. So um, just anything, really. <laughs> I'm glad you added that in at last. I thought there was maybe some issues at home. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, OK, over the other side of Edinburgh. I'm Harry. I'm on the Down the Slope podcast. 
Uh, my pie that I like is now defunct. The old classic Kelly pie was my favourite. Um, I actually went to Montrose before lockdown, and they had actually quite cracking pies. So Montrose these days is probably my favourite pie. Ah, uh, you can still get the Kelly pie, but we get it in Aldi. No likes. I think it's back outside last season because I, I don't care if it's involved. the same if it's not on the ground, though. Eh? Well, we'll know where they are because they did the championship. So um, <laughs> next up, we've got the Lions. Hi, I'm David. I'm a I'm a lovely fan. Uh, not really employed as such, but I run after the extra time shirts. Uh, I've got a kit magazine coming out called Kit Scene. Uh, I run Football Kit Con, and I've recently just started Sports Club Maps, which is maps of the world and football and different sports. Uh, my favourite pie isn't it actually in the league. It's got to be Broxburn. Their pies for Lawson's are just un- out of this world. Nine and a half out of ten, uh, and uh, that's pretty much me. I've got to say, I like a non-league pie. Though, a lot of teams now that I'm saying are non-league are professional, so... But yeah, I think the best pies are not in the top flight. Uh, next up, we have the Steel Men. Hi there, guys. I'm Andy. I'm the host of the MFC podcast. I'm very happy to be back, although the first couple of games that I've seen Motherwell Back in the flesh, we've booed them off at half time, so it's uh, <laughs> it's quite incredible how quickly we revert back to old habits. Uh, in, in terms of, I've got to agree with Harry, uh, that'll be the only time tonight that I do that, but yeah, <laughs> the, the Kelly Pie can't be beaten, and they were a sore loss to the, to the league, although I'm sure Ethan doesn't agree with that. Um, next up, well, we have. Debutant, and I don't say debutant in terms of uh, on this podcast, but I believe your first ever podcast appearance, no pressure, with 13 of us. Yeah, uh, thanks. My, my name's Andy, uh, big Rangers supporter uh, from Belfast, season ticket holder as well, so hopefully this season, like like the rest of the guys, we'll all get over and back, back into the grounds, all being well. Uh my my favorite pie, just a standard steak pie. If if I was to give a plug uh, and a, a shout out to pies, it would be uh, the pies in the the Loudon Tavern because the pies at Ibrooks are terrible. <laughs> if I'm being honest, and that's that goes for the quite a bit of the food at Ibrooks, but yeah, so standard steak pie for me. No, that's all right. As long as it wasn't a blue nose burger, I know I didn't say pie, but you know <laughs> I haven't said it in any football food. But if you'd said that. I might have had to just end the call. Um, okay, so, right, for Ross County, we don't have a fan on, but we've got probably just as good a fan, if not better. It's better. Aye, that's uh, no pressure here then. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I, uh, I'm, I'm Andy Skinner, and um, I'm a sports reporter based in the Highlands for the Press and Journal, covering a few different teams, um, among them Ross County. Um, and I'm going to have to stick pretty close to home for uh, for my pie choice. The staggy pie is excellent. It's a venison number, so um, is it I think that, uh, not for the press because we get them free. <laughs> but, uh, I've got to stick an honourable mention in because County didn't do pies last season when the the ground was empty and there was no catering. Brona Rangers were uh, providing pies all the way through. Um, they were freezing cold, but the thought was there. Cool. Right, okay, no worries. And we have Nori. How you doing? 
I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. All right, so I'm Norrie, St. Johnson fan. We won two cups last year, if anybody's <laughs> interested. Um, you might have caught that on the telly. Um, I don't do any podcasts or commentating or whatever. I just talk about the two cups frequently. Um, so, favourite pie? I like the steak and chorizo that we do, but I'm going to have to go. Somebody's just put it in the chat there, but I'm going to have to go for the haggis one up at Ross County, and Skinner can maybe... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that's a pretty superb pie. Yeah, they are pretty good. I've, uh, yeah. I've had, that, had that with uh, many a hangover before. I demolished four of them on my last trip up, and it was heartburn sense, but <laughs> it was worth it. Um, and last but not least, uh, returning guest, Paul. How are we going, folks? Um, good to be here. I'm, I'm Paul. Scott, I used to be an electrician as well. Found that far too stressful, so um, I'm now head of community development for the Scottish FA, which is even more stressful because at Mace Games there's usually a song about me, which is <laughs> SFA, SFA, which my eight-year-old and ten-year-old always go, Dad, what have you done to upset everybody? <laughs> um, uh, so I am a big Super fan, season ticket holder. Um, my favourite pie is a steak pie, but you've actually all broke me out in a, a bit of a sweat, two reasons, one. Your last game was meant to be against Kelly, so I was really looking forward to going down and getting a Kelly pie, and so it disappeared. And then I've just remembered that when you're mentioning pies, that usually means I'm about £25 down, because my son will want a hot dog, Skittles, a Fanta, throw in another wee bag of chips here, Dad, what about a Chris, what about this, what about that? And the next thing you know, you're £35 down, and he doesn't eat any, and you end up with a hot dog, two pies, aye. So probably same as you, Nori, I'm probably absolutely done in by the time I leave the stadium, so... <laughs> Um, I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting back to, to be getting all my money out in the division. So good to join you all, guys. As ever, thank you. Aye, right, cheers, everyone. I think uh, someone mentioned. I think they wanted to make a change to their choice of pie. David, was it you? Probably a Dundee fan. They like to change things at the last minute. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> first shot fired. Is that? Uh, no surprise. It's you, Laurie. That's why you invited me. I thought. Is, yeah, well, we should explain. Like, I obviously there's a few that have been on here before. Laurie, you were you were on the first season, weren't you? As well, first one, yeah. I had aye. to edit the first ones, yeah. You did, I. Oh, I, mean, I never told you you're editing this one tonight as well. You can fuck off for that. <clears throat> I've given Craig that pleasure. I did invite Craig on, so Craig directed a podcast. And for those that don't know, he originated the podcast, he started it all up, but yeah, he's too busy twitching. That's what... What's wrong with Mike? That's what the young team do. I, I just say young team, he's, I think he's older than me. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the introductions there and all that type of thing. So, yeah, I, we're all excited, nervous, the usual start of a season. Uh, right, we're going to start with Europe, just because that's easy. We've got a few teams out of the way nice and quick. Uh, I'll just speed up them. What's that? What's, what's Europe? Europe. It's uh, not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I feel Scott, you should start because you were up first in terms of playing. Not you personally, however, <laughs> I did see you scored at the during the week. Mate, I think we're actually we're going to be under pressure here if we don't actually get a goalkeeper with hands because it's looking a bit brutal. We've got two that we can't even get out of the sticks. If he could just stand in the middle of his goal, would be a start. Well, I I don't know if you've seen the the goal at the weekend, Michael Antonio, but he's actually Aye. standing at the far post. <laughs> And he's coming in at the post, or I don't know, it's giving me, it's giving me stress. Like, 
I can see I can see it now that Eric Sviachenko has got to put us out with Barkas coming to collect a head and pulling his hands away again like he did last week. But apart from that, we're, we're actually quite good. We're quite good going forward. Um, I've got a lot of hope for uh, is Abada. Is that who he said? Abada. So, he's, he's quite. He's quite fast. He's he's good on the ball as well. He looks. He looks really good for the season as well. But if he can pull off something Wednesday night, that'll be that would do me like. He didn't do it too badly. I don't think in the first leg. No, but it's, it's, it's just watching that on Saturday. You, you think you're doing all right up to that point, and then you think you can hold your cell against West Ham and end up putting six past you. It's, you getting a new keeper before Wednesday? Just any keeper will do it, I'm honestly glad. I don't even think now if you signed a keeper, they'd be eligible for Wednesday, would they? No, but you've, you've maybe got to give the lad a hazard or shout then, because the other two are, I don't even mean to slag folk off, but they're, they're not Celtic's level. We couldn't. I don't there know. Some but, against West Ham. Some like uh, really bad. One, what? Okay. I think it was the fourth or the fifth. No, it must have been the fifth. Ben ended up on his arse, and he didn't even didn't even know where he was. And it was a tapping for the boy. But no, you're a uh, big fan of his, so you must be. You must be missing Craig Gordon at this point, having let him let him go for nothing and spent five million on Barkas. <sighs> He came in for nothing. We got rid of him for nothing. That'll I know he's it. a boyhood hero of yours. So oh, no, be. no. Hey, <laughs> tell you now, I will never, ever forget that day he told me to F off for a picture coming out of Hamden. It was only me standing there. I don't know. Must have given him the fingers or something like But, uh, aye. Nah. Craig, Craig Gordon's a funny one as well. Eh? Folk rate him, but see, sometimes he, he, he can't come for a ball. Like, it's so frustrating. I don't know. I always highlight that there was a actually a European tie. It was either Salzburg, it was Salzburg, and he played this pass out. No, he was playing the ball to the left hand side. He threw it right to the defender's feet. Honest to God, unbelievable. But uh, I need to stop talking about goalies. <laughs> Aye, probably. But I, uh, you think you'll get the job done in the return? You'd like to think so. Like they're, they're pretty average, yeah. But then so we were talking about Beaton's return last week, weren't you? And, uh, <laughs> oh, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, you've done that. That's your fault. <laughs> I think it could have been a bit your fault. Any chance I get the Scott Brown back to us? No, is that, no. that past? No. He's you could always get Ross McCrory for Nets. He's, <laughs> he's kept more clean sheets than Bar- or any of the Celtic keepers, should I say. Oh. Celtic. Can't get put out by a team who have Austin McPhee on their staff. Come on. Did you just get relegated to him? Is that is that a thing? No. Aye, well, he played his part, that's for sure. Yeah, he started off, didn't he? He's got good though, isn't he? Is it the if you go out, you drop into the Europa League, and then do you play the loser of PSV? No, no, that's Johnson. Johnson play the loser of that, don't they? Uh we play there's a check it's a check side we get, but Jablonek into and St. Johnson get the loser of the PSV um, Galatasaray tie they drop into the Europa League as well and they get St. Johnson yeah. I saw right, like Galatasaray because it was, was it 5-1 I think the first leg with PSV yeah so you would think if you've won 5-1 you can say that you're going through oh Aaron talk to us about 5-1s so good it was honestly brilliant <laughs> still like absolutely buzzing 
it was just, it was so good to go to a game. Cried a little bit when we went in. But it was so good to have that feeling of everyone was just happy. Everyone, like, for once, you went on Twitter and everyone was just, like, delighted. And it was one of those ones where you watch all the highlights, loads, you can't really sleep. Friday, everyone was just a great mood. And everyone's been really, like, positive. Loads of season tickets um, sold since then. And you'd have to win, what, 5 nil to go through. I just can't see us... Even if they go two or three nil up, we just park the bus. You know what you need to do if you've won five one in the first leg. So I think we're through, and I would be very surprised if we weren't because it didn't look as though it was just a kind of one off. We looked all right. We look a much much better team, and we're probably still not even kind of at full strength. We've only had two friendlies, I think, because the others got put off, and we probably still need a centre half and a striker. So I actually um, think in terms of European results, that's one of, we had a 5-0 actually, maybe two seasons ago. But that's that Swedish side are a decent side. Their press were absolutely shocked, apparently. Thought it was going to be a pretty routine win. They've been playing their league for a few weeks. Good, really good. Yeah, one thing I did notice about Harkin is they've got more sponsors even than us. <laughs> They're quite rough as well. There was quite a lot of like, challenges the referee was actually not bad he let like game play on but there was quite a lot I think from them and it was very weird watching Scott Brown like normally you don't really look at him because you're watching your own team and he's not my team but now he is my team and it's a bit weird because like you notice how much he does like run the game like shouting people commanding staff you know there was a corner as well where any other referee would have said stop it because it, it was their corner get on with it what are you doing because it's not yeah. up, you know, five minutes almost him putting people in places calling Ryan Hedges up who'd been waiting back just seems to have this authority and control and I think for me the big captain thing is that your goalkeeper I think it's very hard for your goalkeeper to be your captain no matter how good they are because it's so hard to be involved so our new captain Scott Brown everyone's favourite told my dad I would get the first scorer on my home shirt so I'm quite happy with that and then I, when I looked like we were going to score again, I said I'd get the second on my way shirt, but I won't get that printed until after the end of August. Aye. Right, quick question then for the guys that are not uh, Hibs, mind you, even Hibs actually. So everyone apart from Scott, who would have taken Scott Brown this summer? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is it, well, actually, maybe about to say, is there anyone that wouldn't have taken him? Would yes, have? I would not have taken him. For footballing reasons or because I've already played before? Just because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have taken him either. That was a conversation point last season. and it was, I think it was really just because when you have someone like Charlie Adam in your team, in the way that Dundee emulsified that midfield to be the, the core of the of the team as well, they're saying, like, would he even get into, the, into, into our side? And for me, I think he's a really good player. Lots of quality, obviously, have the career he's had. But for the sake of like the balance that our midfield has, I would say no. Ah, I know. I think that's fair enough, especially having Charlie Adam having that experience in. But yeah, majority of people would have probably taken him. I wouldn't have taken him for football reasons or because of his uh, last club. Simply I'm stunned. He, I'm stunned. That. <laughs> to be fair, your midfield is strong uh, and you've added to it as well. So. Could you yeah. imagine Andy Halliday and Scott Brown in the same team? They would just fight each other. 
I wasn't like it coming, to be honest, at first. It felt a bit odd and kind of just think, you know, at his age, is this a great signing? He'll be expensive, definitely. But actually, I'm really pleased now. Sorry, Scott. I, th- I think it'll, it'll have experience the Aberdeen side, you know, and, and also, as you say, it is strange for someone you probably dislike, so to speak, playing against you. Uh, Celtic fans will think the same. You know, they'll find it strange seeing him in a, a different team shirt, even though he was a Rangers fan as a boy, but, you know, seeing him someone else apart from Celtic. Uh, he's, I think, I've said, we've said before, I think he's, he's a bar steward, but he's, when he's your bar steward, then it's brilliant. Everyone loves our, that type of player on our team, I think. I think Aberdeen in particular needed an element of that as well. Um, just that, yeah, just that needle in their side. It's maybe been lacking a wee, a wee while now. Um, and he's also just going to drive really high standards in, in training. Uh, there's an emphasis on younger players getting a, a bit more of a chance. And, you know, he's a, a great role model to look up to. I think he's pretty much destined to be a, a manager in his own right. So, in order to, to sort of bring him in to start him in his coaching pathway seems like a, a sensible move as well. And with that pre-existing relationship with Stephen Glass too, um, you know, it seems like a, a really good fit all around. Yeah. I read an interview as well with Ramirez and he was praising Scott Brown saying, folk are saying about his age and all that, but he's up the front every time at training. He's leading by example. So you can talk about age. I think we kind of touched on it last week. Players can easily play an outer or 40 with the fitness levels that they've got. Um, so... Yeah, it's a good bit of business all around. Um, so, Harry, Hibs. I um, we won 3 0 against the bunch of Andorans, and I lost my voice because it is the worst refereeing display I've ever seen in my life. There was, was it nine, nine cards in the game? It was just absolutely mental. But um, I'm, I'm really fancying Hibs this season. I think that um, last year we had the third best squad in the league. I think that if anything, we've strengthened. I think I was actually quite skeptical of Aberdeen. I didn't particularly like the signings I've made. I thought that the they were pretty old. I thought um, GAT, I thought his depth for Hibs, I wouldn't have minded seeing him come in, but I think as a starting striker, it was a bit off. I didn't know anything about that Ramirez as well, but personally, I think Hibs are going to finish third this season. I don't think it's going to be particularly difficult for us. The only thing I think it's is this way... good that the St. Mum reserves do well, Hibs, isn't it? He's going to deal with Hearts this season because Hearts will take points off us, but then St. Mum will get them back, so it's all right. One third place finish in 15 years and you're going to squish it again. Maybe we'll pretend we're okay. Actually, being honest, podcasting goals, I reckon Hibs could be pushed in second at this rate, to be honest. Eh? Oh, uh, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I being, thought there was no drinking on this podcast. Video. <laughs> no drinking. That's how I've got through this podcast for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Even before Andy, I was talking to Andy, uh, the Angels fan, who was saying uh, he was a bit nervous and I said, do you drink? And he was like, ah, I said, well, that's what to do because that's what I've been doing for the whole 11 season. So, uh, Harry, you made a point there about Jet then. So, here, the man that maybe knows him best and most here, David, what did you make of Jet moving to Aberdeen? To be fair, I thought it was the best move for, for Livy. I, I, I was the fan of him, to be honest. Uh, but I know he performed against Aberdeen. I think he had his two best games against Aberdeen and then they've taken him, which is a total godsend. Uh, but I mean, he was the fit at us. Uh, he was obviously coming back and getting into uh, the game, and like he did have his bit of brilliance. Uh, I think he scored a goal against Hamilton. I think it was where he, he flicked it up and then stuck it in the top bin. I think that was the only thing he done. Uh, but I mean, I think we've got the best deal because Bruce Anderson came down for Aberdeen and Jet went up there. But I mean, to be fair, 
he's played at what is he played at Arsenal, QPR, West Brom, maybe something like that. You know, he's he's played at a good level. Uh, and I'm happy you've taken Bruce Anderson off. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I think it's that way that if Bruce gets regular game time, I think he'll be good. But we gave Jet regular game time and. I don't think he was up to speed at us, and I don't even think he's that sharp. Probably not even now. He might just be, but it could be a good signing for them. But I don't, I don't think he fitted into our system uh, very particularly well, which is why he was quite on the bench quite a lot. But uh, I mean, they've got a good signing if they could get the best out of him. Uh, but I was there a fan of him, to be honest. Okay, no worries. Um, so all teams that are in Europe, but not yet playing because of winning the cup, the Scottish Cup, Nori. What's your thoughts on the draw for yourself? Uh, well, I mean, you can't get much more difficult than a team like Galatasaray if you're a club like Saints with the budget we've got. So it's quite a daunting prospect, I suppose. But you can never say never with this Saints team. You know, they, they do well in cup competitions, as I might have mentioned earlier. So I just wouldn't rule out some kind of result here. Um, but, you know, when you look at the the million pound players they've got on their side and, and you look at the homegrown guys that we've got on our team it's a hell of a mismatch so we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it plays out but the other thing is we've lost a couple of players in the summer there and we've not really replaced them yet so we're short in that respect so we are up against it there's no there's no denying it but uh, this team surprised me a fair bit in the last year so we'll see how they do where would you like to see the team strengthen then? Well, we definitely need cover up top. Chris Kane's a, a, a good striker to hold the ball up, but he can't finish his dinner. You know, he runs, runs around a lot, but uh, he very rarely sticks the ball in the back of the net. He's just not got the composure for it. So we do need we do need something extra up there. There's talk of Greg Stewart potentially. Uh, coming to us as well, which I think would be quite a good sign. And he's the sort of player that we would we would get the most out of. And there's another chap as well that played for HGK Helsinki. I'm going to have to try and pronounce this. E2 Vertanen, supposedly, is coming to us. He had a, a good game against Rangers once, which is the sort of thing that puts him on our radar. So, you say you're um, looking at Greg Stewart as an ex-Aberdeen Greg Stewart. Yeah, we've we've offered them a contract anyway, according to the courier, Dundee oh, courier. So yeah, but you, you'd probably say that about a lot of the players we've signed, like Craig Bryson, for example. But they do tend to turn good when when they come to us for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, that, that's the sort of player that's maybe on a kind of downward spiral after being at a couple of big paydays and perhaps has lost his way a wee bit. And we we do tend to you know rejuvenate players like that. So. We'll just wait and see. But uh, the, the midfield needs extra fresh legs in there as well because Bryson's no spring chicken, as you know. Yeah. Moses, uh, uh, Murray Davidson's what, 32 now. Liam Craig's up there as well and over, you know, over 30. We've got Ali McCann. But he'll not be sticking around long, I don't think. He's potentially going to Celtic, by all accounts. Uh, at least they've got, a, they've got a scout in the stand every week, according to the papers. So... We'll just have to wait and see, really, because we are notoriously a club that wait until the last possible moment to make our signings. So we've no idea generally until kind of end of August what's happening. So Johnston sound like the opposite to Hearts. You rejuvenate players and players who are great signings on paper just become absolute shite when they sign for us. 
Yeah, well, Danny Swanson's a pretty good example, isn't he? He, he was outstanding for us, and then he was dug me for you. Craig Awful. Halkett, brilliant. Delighted when we signed him from Livingston. Absolutely terrible for us. Yeah. Well, that's how you end up with a £9 million wage bill and get relegated. I'll have to see it. <laughs> I've just seen a bunch of your players across the years and they've got absolute dug meat. But I was thinking, right. what about um, Middleton? Do you think he'll be a big miss this season? Because I know he's quite. Oh, a- yeah. I mean, there's, there's rumours, or there was at least a press report from somewhere that obviously wasn't that reputable, but he was supposed to be coming back. Supposed to be coming back, but he's been in the short window at, at Rangers, hasn't he, in the, the pre season friendly? So there's a good chance he's probably going to be going somewhere, somewhere who pay more. I would, I would think, because he's his star's fairly shining now after his performances for us last year. What about Scott's mentioned about Rooney? Obviously, there's speculation that he might go. Is it Rotherham? Put Rotherham. Into the rise of a two hundred thousand pound bid. Well, they've they've upped it to two hundred forty thousand now. Oh, so. that's nice of them. Yeah, and apparently that's that's enough. So All right, okay. You, you just don't know if what you're reading is true, of course, but uh, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put it past uh, the chairman to accept an extra 40,000, especially when you, you consider the fact that he's at a contract. He can go for free in January. You know, he can sign on for free in January. So we might as well get something for him. And we've got another right back, James Brown, who's maybe not quite got the same X factor, but he can do a job there. So we are a sitting joke there, Nori, about James Brown and X factor. Not well, intentionally. Ben... All right, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, I meant that. <laughs> uh, right, so our team that's involved in Europe obviously not yet played either Andy, Rangers, happy with the draw Malmo or Helsinki uh, Yeah that's happy enough, don't get me wrong it'll be tough uh, as well, I, I would say it would be Malmo, given the last week's result but obviously anything can happen in football but I would say the favourites would be Malmo and uh, European football can always bring a surprise. You know, you've seen it yourself last week. Aberdeen won in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Apologies about that. No, no, I don't. no. Because the Swedish team's 5 1 is not for everyone. So, <laughs> never know. Yes, the lesson 55 is not for everyone either. But hey, anyway, uh, no, in, in all seriousness, uh, I think Rangers should go through uh, whoever the opposition is. Whether or not we go through the next round, uh, there'll be a lot, lot more uh, difficult teams in that in that uh, round. But one round at a time, I suppose. But as as much as the league is the the bread and butter, we need to qualify for the Champions League group stages this season, and and if not, at the very least, the Europa League, uh, because uh, Scottish football, as all clubs, they, they need to bring the the money in. You know, winning cups, winning leagues, it's all well and good. But Scottish teams, you know, they, they need the, the financial side as well. And it, obviously it helps the, the coefficient as well, doing, doing well in Europe. Well, you should be fine because a bit like England, we're going to win the Euros. You beat Real Madrid yesterday, so that's the Champions League sewn up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, only it was that easy. Uh, I saw a good tweet, actually. They just said, uh, you beat Real Madrid in friendlies and we beat them in cup finals. We're not the same. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, if, if only it was that easy, you know. Friendly games. Listen, as a Rangers fan, you could laugh at the the West Ham result and stuff like that. It's whenever the league starts, and as bad as Celtic were last season, you know, I think it'll be a 
bit closer this season, hopefully. And, and I am quietly confident that we will retain the title this season. But you can never write off, you know, uh, title challengers such as Celtic and who knows, possibly the likes of Hebs or Aberdeen will maybe be there in and around October, November time. But I think in all, the league will be a bit more interesting this season, given the signings uh, certain teams have made as well. Yeah, I think as well with the introduction of the two new teams, well, say two new teams, but old teams, Hearts and Dundee, it does, I think most people would agree, make the league stronger. Yeah, I, I would say so. Hearts, you know, they're a famous club, you know, historically. Whether they've been poor the last year or a couple of years, whatever you want to say, historically they're, they're a big club in Scotland, you know, and uh, Dundee will be there fighting, obviously, for survival, but they could they could spring a surprise on a couple of teams. You never know. It was the same with Ross County when, when they came up, Hamilton when they came up, you know, so you never know what these teams are going to be like. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, just to bring you in, what was your feeling in terms of the, the playoffs? Did you think you would get up? Did you get promoted? I had a very good feeling about it, which is quite a rare line to hear from any Dundee fan. So, yeah, I, I, I thought we were going up. Uh, you know, come the business end of the season, the way that we're playing, of course, I'm one of the lucky few that was able to still continue going to football games and seeing it in the flesh. And to, yeah, towards the business end of the season, anyway, we just really just turned it on. You know, you saw the, the style, the flair, and more importantly, getting the results. I think it's a very good uh, squad of players and utilised to its fullest. We went, in, we went into the, the playoffs going up against Wraith Rovers. And my feeling was that Wraith Rovers were... The, the better side between them and Dunfermline at the time, you know, the, the nearest um, challenge to us, obviously, blow us on the table, uh, excluding Hearts, who finished uh, first winning the league. And we absolutely blew them away that first leg. You know, beat them 3 0, and you had a feeling that, you know, going away to their their place, winning so dominantly, you just couldn't help but feel like, you know, put us in a test against the Premiership opposition, then we've got a real good chance of doing this. And uh, to be fair, in both playoff ties, I mean, if you were a neutral that you knew absolutely nothing about either team, I don't think you would have said Kelly were the Premiership side fighting for survival. You would have thought that Dundee were the, the Premiership side trying to, you know, stay up and that Kelly were the, the ones from the division below. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a surprise to some in some quarters that Dundee came up, but then when most of us had seen Kamarnock play regularly, I don't think it was a massive surprise. Um, yeah, and I think the first leg, I think Dundee played so well that it made Kelly look poorer than they actually were. I think there was a lot of talk about how poor Kelly were, but I think that was just, we we made their, I'm trying to think of what the correct uh, word is. I, I've used it a dozen times and it's just lost my head. Uh, we utilised our strength so much, we, we uh, neutralised. Mm. Yeah, neutralised their, yeah. their you know, attacking department likes of Cal Lafferty so well that it made them look poorer than they actually were. Then come the second leg, I, I think that was down to a case of Kelly being very, very poor. I think there are a lot of players that were running at the end of their contracts that didn't really, you know, particularly have much affection for the club. For them, it was just another game. And yeah, they they, they were they just failed to show up. There was no reaction from the the humbling uh, result from the first leg. Yeah. Uh, Laurie, obviously Hearts won the league, though still in some maybe fans' minds, Nielsen's not the man for the job, or is that still the case? 
It certainly is the case. Um, I, I think upon his arrival, before he'd had a game, there was still a percentage of Hearts fans that were against him and such is the way of things in the capital. A lot of it boils down to derby matches and one in particular when Hearts were leading 2-0. I, I better mention it before <clears throat> the man um, below me in our screen does. Uh, so yeah, the fact that we got knocked out by Hibs in the season that they ended up winning the cup is something that fans have often never forgotten about. It didn't help that he maybe mentioned the fact that the replay was a money-spinning tie. Um, so he was up against it from the start and certainly large parts of last season didn't help him. Um, not so much the results. We obviously got the job done, but there was certainly a lack of a lack of style. Um, and I think you will probably all remember the fact that we've already had a plane above Tynecastle in the past, highlighting a certain lack of flair in Robin Nielsen's sides. And then you come to Brora Rangers and many people felt that that was a sackable result in itself. And I, I can actually see those arguments, you know, losing to a non-league team. It was the first time in over a hundred years that we'd done that. Um, so he is up against it. <clears throat> I think the majority will still give him some time, but it won't be much. You've seen already he's under fire after four wins and no goals conceded at the start of the season because we didn't get the second goal that we needed to become a seeded side in the second round of the cup. So he will be up against it. I, I mean, I'm still on the fence. Uh, I think you have to give him the start of the season at this point and give him a bit of time. The challenge will be we've got a reasonably tough start to the season. I know Celtic are in a bit of disarray, but they're still one of the strongest sides in the league. Um, coming to Tynecastle on Saturday, Aberdeen at home, second home game. Again, one of the, the better teams in the league over the last few years. Uh, so it's not going to be an easy start. Um, we've changed up to a 3-4-3 since about early to mid-April, and that has proven to be quite successful. We've started this season. Robbie Nielsen is building that 3-4-3 for Saturday, so I'll be very disappointed if he goes back on it at this point. Um, but we're thin on the ground with this squad. That's a big problem. We've only made two signings in the summer so far. One of them was a player that we had already just made permanent, Josh Janelli. The other one alone from Brighton, Alex Cochran. So although we've got a reasonably strong starting 11, we're still really lacking in depth. I think we've got about 22 players in total in the squad. So there does need to be some movement recruitment-wise. But I know Joe Savage, who's been brought in, is talking about quality over quantity, which a lot of Hearts fans roll their eyes at, given we've signed about 100 players over the Anbudge era in seven seasons. So That's just the Hearts way, though, isn't it? You always seem to carry a big squad. Well, you're thinking back to the, the 70 or so squad days. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem has been not the size of the squad in recent years, but the sheer... Um, kind of overturning it every year. I mean, we've just had so many in and out every season. There's never been consistency. And I always kind of look back at Derek McInnes at Aberdeen, where although maybe not always the, the greatest to watch in the eye, I know a lot of Aberdeen fans always had a wee moan about the style of football, but he kept a very consistent core to that team. And I think that was largely why they were so successful in terms of finishing top two and top three, top four so regularly. So I think there is one part of me that feels we do need to, to keep a core of the team, try and build a bit more of a, a kind of team spirit in there. But we do need to add some quality as well because the Hearts fans, as, as crazy as it sounds, fourth place 
Many will, will say that's failure this season and will want Robbie Nielsen gone. Third place, no trophies. Many will say that's not enough, which is ridiculous because we finished third once in 10 years. But Hearts yeah. fans, eh? I suppose it's due to budgets and stuff like that, wasn't it? Expectations. Well, that's uh, what I said. I mean, the season we went down, £8.8 million wage budget. Only Aberdeen outside the old firm spent more. And to to finish bottom of the table, and I'm not even going to, I'm not going to drag up everything else that went with it, but, you know, we were terrible that season. With a wage budget that size, that's completely unacceptable. So we definitely need to do more with what we've got because, you know, there is money there. We've got plenty of backers and the fans still turn up. I think it's 15 years in a row, I think, that we've had the best average attendances outside the old firm pre-COVID. So the fans are there. The money has been there, but it just needs to be better used because on the pitch, we are nowhere near third. We've we've been consistently poor, so we've got no reason to expect that, unfortunately. What's the academy like now, Laurie? Um, I heard a lot of people talking about the boy Park. He was meant to have played well the other week there against Stirling Albion. He, he does look good. I mean, last season, and all, all of us will be in the same boat with our clubs, last season was a real hit for younger players because obviously the, the youth leagues didn't restart. Um, so apparently, you know, speaking to a few people who are involved at Hearts and that side of it, there's a big part of development that's been missed from a lot of these younger players because they've not been playing. They've, they weren't even training for a long period of time. In terms of our academy, we have apparently got a lot coming through. Still quite young. I'm always sceptical because, and I know a few of you would be in the same boat, we big up these players. You know, Harry Cochran comes through 16. It's, it's going to be brilliant. Scores against Celtic at 16. And in some ways, maybe thrown into the deep end too early because he kind of really seemed to have a bit of burnout. Um, was We had to keep playing him even when he wasn't on form because... No one else was on form. So we do have some younger players coming through, which are apparently promising. Um, I'm just very wary about getting overly excited about anyone. Pollock has looked great. Um, he's very composed. He's got a lot of energy and he's quite combative for someone who's still quite slight. Um, I just think, and this that this will be a bigger topic because it brings into, into question Colts and whether it should be reserve leagues. I think there's still a, bit of a gap with the pathways for players I think the loan system is the best thing at the moment like to to make that jump from being 17 18 playing with other 17 and 18 year olds to playing in the premiership or the championship I think the loan system is the best route but I, I think it is too much of a leap sometimes physically to throw these players in especially if it's top flight um, if, if you don't mind me jumping in, I'm, I'm assuming you would love a question from me. I do um, mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, personally, I, I prefer the top flight when Hearts are in it. But I think when he's went down, I think he's deserved to go down because I thought he's had a very poor season. And I just don't think he's have improved the squad that much. Like, like not not like being impartial from being a Hibs fan. And um, I also don't think that... You know, we, you, know you lost to us last season, yeah. We should have pumped this by half time to be fair. Um, but I don't think that Nielsen's that much of a step up from Stendhal either. I think that Nielsen's a massive problem, and I was personally shocked and delighted at the fact that he went back to Hearts. Where do you see your ceiling? Because I genuinely think that if you get top six, it was a good season for you. I I wouldn't I would be disappointed with just top six, but I wouldn't be throwing my toys out the pram like would you be the majority Nielsen? would. 
But um, I, I Nielsen has certain issues. Um, he's can get very stuck in his ways. Uh, I know we've got Dundee United fan on, um, and I'm sure he would agree with most of what I've said. Um, he talks a good game at times, but sometimes what happens on the park is just the opposite. Um, he has adjusted his adjusted his approach. I think the big thing is recruitment is completely not completely away from him, but we have someone in who's got a decent background in recruitment, left the Championship Club in England to join us. Um, so his focus is on the team. You compare with Stendhal, who is a bit of a kind of cult hero still at Hearts, and I can understand that to an extent, but we were abs- when we were bad under Stendhal, we were horrendous. I mean, it was Sunday League stuff. Uh, I don't know if Norrie remembers the game that we drew 3-3 at McDermott. Started the game, it was this was Stendhal all over. Started the game brilliantly. Um, first th- 30, 40 minutes, I thought, would look great. You know, we were opening them up because we're playing the high press, making chances. Second half, when St. Johnson came into it, we just kept pressing. And all they had to do was just smash the ball up the park and they were through one-on-one every time. It was proper Sunday league. So I liked Daniel Stendhal to a degree, but I think um, people put him up on a pedestal that, possibly isn't warranted given we were still bottom when he was in charge no matter how exciting it was at times and obviously we could beat Rangers every time we played them but sadly we had to play other teams in the league as well and to be that fair, the reason you like Daniel Stendhal's because his song as well like uh, I'll be a while before <laughs> Robbie Nielsen gets a song that's positive um, Laura you mentioned Jeff we talk about managers under pressure even before Dundee United announced courts I think he was under pressure from other quarters. Um, will he be the new? Carthro was in some quarters. Like, give a guy a chance, isn't it? Or, or, or am I going to hear different? A fan of the club. I, I didn't know this, but I'd watched Pam Coates manage County Hearts in like 2016. I didn't even know he was manager at the time. They were all right. But the Tam Coates thing, I think it's more. Right, Mickey's football was me the greatest to watch ever. Like some games were good, a lot of the time it was dire. And then obviously, I think it's wor- I think it came across worse because you're watching it on the TV screen rather than in person. So you're just watching where the ball goes, and you're not necessarily seeing everything else going on. But uh, I, the town courts thing. <laughs> I don't really know where to start to be honest. Because I think the problem was as soon as Mickey left. It kind of got leaked that it was going to be Tam Courts and the backlash was massive straight away. And then as soon I think opinion, I think what the club did was see that backlash, then delay revealing him for four weeks to make it seem like all this due diligence was done. But let's be honest, there's no never really any names linked. I mean, you had John Hughes, right? But it's probably a bullet dodged him no going, let's be honest. Uh leaked a wee bit but he didn't really have anything else and then then four weeks later it comes out as Tam Courts and you kind of sit back and think right so that's a bit strange is it no I mean he came in last January as a youth side uh, and then in the space of just over 18 months he seems to have jumped to being first choice manager I don't think for a second that he came to the club with that was the plan but it does seem a bit it doesn't seem quite right. And then when you have the club's analysts 
fighting back at people on Twitter for pulling them up for not necessarily thinking his credentials are quite enough to lead the lead the top flight side. You're kind of a bit hmm, strange, especially seeing as apparently what 18 months ago, whatever it was, we were linked with like the Steve McLaren and stuff, and then <laughs> the next thing you get is a uh, former County Hearts legend, uh, Tam Courts. Ah, he's been good. <laughs> seen What's your of- thoughts on the financial results? United financial results last year. This is not a shameless plug. So the book I'm writing is a lot of the clubs that are now defunct. And a lot of them, especially Gretna, I'm not saying United's the same, the same as Gretna, but like the losses were getting massive. And you start to get to that fear where you're like, are you just banking on your loan of putting that money in? And then one day, if it stops going in, what you did, you become a, a new goal. Do you know what I mean? You, you humped. Did you take it any, doesn't look uh, good. Do you take any inspiration though from Courts' transfer business so far? Because I, I particularly feel that Charlie Mulgrew and Trevor Carson were really good signings, along with the extension of Ryan Edwards's con- uh, Ryan Edwards's contract. Is a good bit of business. The Charlie Mulgrew one, I kind of agree. It's a good bit of business. It makes us the most attractive, physically attractive side in the league, uh, which is always useful. But uh, the Trevor Carson one. He's not got Craig Gordon, though. Come on. He's got to be the most attractive in the league. Let's be honest. Ian Harks is quite good, to be fair. But um, <laughs> uh, get where the teams are going to finish. Who's got the most handsome players? That's the most important thing. Yeah, that's the interesting. That's the interest people need. Get an extra three points for that. The most handsome team, three points. What's your danger? We used to have most handsome manager, I think. We've got that now. Have you seen Clean, Jack cut and shave <laughs> Like Stuart Kettlewell must be up there. <laughs> you to see what Steve Patterson, Erin. Welcome to the hottest managers of the Premiership. I didn't podcast. start this, to be fair. So, um, well, I, I feel like for that. <laughs> Andy Considine looks nice, and Joe Lewis is nice as well. I don't mind Andy Considine as a woman, Bobby. to be fair. Go there. Apparently, there's like a hottest team vote, though, and then you get three extra points this season. I didn't know about this yet. Is this how you pitch a fantasy team? <laughs> Absolutely not. So, uh-huh. 100% no, in case anyone starts looking at it and thinks, oh my God. So, basically, the what you're saying Calendar is your team is full of uglies. Extra... Pardon? So, like, you're basically saying the team's full of uglies. No, I just didn't consider that when I was picking my team. I considered who was going to get points every week. Is Andy in it? Maybe. Yes, yes. I'll use in my team, can I? <laughs> <laughs> John knows a few names there that we've 14 seasons now. Nice. He's got me showed a hand, didn't we, last week? A wee bit. A wee bit. You're no scared. There's a few names in there that would be using the lawnmower, though, John. Oh, the lawnmower. Aye, well, talking of the lawnmower. Aye. A new pitch, a new season. All the pitches will be good. You want to get your hands on this, the new lawnmower 4.0. It's even better than the one before. We have got responsible shaving. We've got wireless charging. An LED light, so you can shave in the dark anywhere you want, really. Waterproof. So, shower, inside, outside. Why do you need to shave in the dark? Maybe if you're camping or something. Did you not get that link to the website or something? You know, just wait till it's light. I mean, it's not like... What's the fun in that? It's got precision trimming. So that's why you can shave in the dark. You're not going to cut yourself. You're not going to cut yourself, it's all right. You might have a power cut. 
David messaged me earlier saying that he'd like uh, tested it out. Like if you look, he's in the dark, all fresh. <laughs> Makes a neat party trick. This is like those <laughs> those Barry Scott adverts about Silic Bang where he cleans <laughs> pennies. It's like, but but why are you cleaning Bang. pennies? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned buying because if you shave, you'll be all the better for your buying. Supposedly. <laughs> John, it's not an LED torch I'm needing in mind, mate. It's a magnifying glass to see a <laughs> So I uh, get involved. Uh, UK.manscaped.com, all that. SFF podcast, capital letters, 20% off any products and free shipping. And the lawnmower 4.0 just came out last week. So get it while it's fresh. Your balls will thank you. Um, Sorry, Sparrow, but I'm going to bring you in now. It's not because I'm talking balls. Um, another manager who obviously came in towards, I don't know, middle of last season, wasn't it? Graham Alexander. In the year time, uh, after Stephen Robinson left, yeah. Could we say he's the smartest dress manager in the league? No, he just has a range of All Saints clothing that he rotates every three days, it appears. <laughs> and has been very regimented in that style. Uh, it's a strange one, and I was, I was saying to my mates at the weekend, I've really struggled to take to Graham Alexander so far, and I I can't pinpoint why. I think quite often you get a new manager in and there'll be a fans forum and you'll get the opportunity to, to kind of get a gauge and a grip of what the manager's all about. Alexander came in and the only objective was keeping Mother in the league and don't get me wrong, he ticked that box, but he certainly didn't do it in any sort of style. Then the, the Betfred games again, I'm sorry, Premier Sports Cup games, they've, they've certainly not been inspiring. I think these games are almost glorified pre-season games and I suppose the objective is just to get through the group and they've managed to do that but it's, there's just something not sitting right, there's been a lot of overhaul as there always is in every transfer window almost at Motherwell just now and the quality just doesn't seem to be there It's it could all turn around and I could be drastically wrong I think he's, he's actually percentage and his win rate is, is very strong but I think middle fans are struggling to take to the manager right now. And maybe like a few teams in the league, there's a lack of imagination when it comes to signings. It's just a case of look down the lower leagues in England and see what who's free. I, th- I think when you look at it, Muddle lost Alan Campbell last year uh, in the summer, and that's a massive, massive loss. A player that was a heartbeat of the team for, for two or three years. And I include a team where he played alongside David Turnbull. I think Alan Campbell was integral to Motherwell in his energy levels and maybe overlooked was his ability as a footballer as well. He was good at carrying the ball forward. He linked up with the forward players. We've now got a static three in the midfield that just aren't linking up. Tony Watt has been very good for Motherwell and it seems to be a good fit for Motherwell, but he's not a goal scorer. We've seen Connor Shields from Queen of the South who hasn't played at all. There's no mention of him on the injury list on the, the website. I don't know what's happened there. Uh, Kevin Van Veen hasn't managed to score in the preseason games as well. So there's a few concerning factors coming in. I do get what you're saying in terms of recruitment. And I think over the last couple of years, we've, we've managed to find the odd hidden gem that's come to the forefront. But it just doesn't seem to be happening right now. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think most of us, though, do have to fight in these basements of England for players, don't we? Yeah, and I, I guess another thing worth mentioning is the fact that 
the work that my daughter doing off the park is is quite superb just now. They they honoured the free season tickets, so everyone that bought a season ticket for the 2020-21 season will receive a free season ticket for the forthcoming season. There was a fund to, to buy lower income and unemployed families in Lanarkshire season tickets if you wanted to donate, but they wouldn't accept anyone that had already put money in to pay for their season ticket for a second time. So as far as I'm aware, that's the only team in Scotland that have done that. And it's a massive, massive thing to do and a massive loss in income as well. So I, I guess we're, we have to be a wee bit realistic about where we're at. But I, I'm kind of braced for a struggle uh, on the park, it must be said. I don't feel that we've we've addressed enough of the issues that we had last season. And to kind of couple that up, there was... Stephen Robinson used to get lots of players in and get his business done very, very early. Graham Alexander seems to be lingering somewhat in terms of, of getting fresh faces in. He bought a guy from... Uh, he came in in a free transfer. He was ex-Arsenal and Liverpool youth player. And he basically suggested that he was... He might be all right at some point. Uh, <laughs> this described the most underwhelming introduction of a player, Michael Parker, that I've ever seen. So... It's kind of hard to get excited when the manager doesn't seem particularly excited either. Yeah, uh, so manager's under pressure. He might be under pressure already, possibly. I, hope not. I feel like I'm being overly negative when I'm actually quite excited about the league season resuming. But I think the fans, especially after losing Teardre last week, the fans are very uninspired by what's going on just now. And I think it'll only take a few more poor results for the fans to turn. We start against Hibs, who are, are looking pretty strong. Uh, hopefully the trip to Andorra will absolutely shatter them on, on Thursday. And <laughs> we, come in, we come in with a wee bit of a physical advantage there. Uh, the following week, we're away to St Johnston. So it's, it's a difficult start to the season. You don't want to start scrambling about for that first victory because there's been so many teams in the past that haven't won in the first five or six weeks and it just shapes your season and shapes what's to come. You start to scramble about for points and very quickly you're in a relegation battle despite the fact it's a 38-game season. Well, usually. Yeah, well, <laughs> there has been exceptions. <laughs> but let's hope it's a full season hey, this year. Um, so we've talked about maybe some managers that are not maybe they're struggling, but under pressure. Managers did well last year. Now, Paul, Jim Goodwin must have been not far off manager of the year. I think when you consider budget. No, but seriously, we, we discussed oh. it towards the end of last season. You consider budget. He's pretty tiny. Nice well, man. you you maybe like him almost as much as you like Rick Scatchel. I don't like him, but I mean, he's a bit of a silver fox. I'll give him that. He's a lovely <clears> man. He's a lovely man. No, no, you're, you're right. If, if, I think he's, he's kind of went under the radar a wee bit last season. I mean, we were a couple of seconds away from top six, um, even though Tony Fitz's totals were now gone for Champions League for this season. So we're, we're gone for it, as Fitzy would always push higher. <laughs> which is always great for a, the, the main man. Um, but then I uh, two semi-finals, which, of course, is brilliant when you've got a, an 11-year-old son and you get to two semi-finals. No, no as good as St. Johnson, mind you, but you get to two semi-finals, you can't go, and you're nearly getting the top six. So I, I think if you rewind, 
I know Fitzy was on a number of things and, and getting slaughtered by saying, oh, top six, and everybody was giving him a hard time. Um, but I think all he's trying to do is maybe what, what a lot of clubs have done is the standards. He's just said, look, no, why are we not trying to be... We should be trying to be a wee bit better. We shouldn't be just saying, oh, we're here for the party and we're here for a wee bit of relegation. At least he's done it. Um, I'm, I'm going back a number of years. At least at least we're not using Velcro for our taps anymore. We were changing <laughs> names and numbers and we were overturning squads. Like It was never built. Jack Ross brought 10 in and sent 10 out. Oren Kearney done the same. Alan Stubbs came in and signed out of the yellow pages by the looks at points. You know what I mean? So, And then, and then of course, we've We've done, so nobody really knows what we've signed players because we've done it. It seems like we've done it in January actually. Yeah. So we've got a lot. We've got, I think what he's he's good at is he brings in players very similar to him, very workmanlike, very disciplined. Richard Tate probably sums it up. I think. Um, I thought it was a brilliant signing for we we nicked for Motherwell. I think Giles Donald do the same. I think we've nicked that. We just circle him off to Hibs, mind you, all our good players like Doyle Hayes and Kyle McGuinness. And you name it, keep going over the hibs. But no, no, I think I think he's 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 done he's done what what we would expect from him. My only my only and then this is a St. Mon nightmare as a final third. I couldn't tell you the last time St. Mon had a decent striker, and I mean that it's like I couldn't tell you the last time apart from probably Mark Yardley that somebody scored more than twelve or fifteen goals in it, which is which is maybe our Achilles heel. That, and it could be a Achilles heel again this season, but... Uh, I thought John Odeco was brilliant at St. Marin. <laughs> <laughs> for one game, for a big long run. <laughs> a big high ball through one night, he was magnificent. How <laughs> managed to score about half a dozen goals against Muddle, mind you? <laughs> <laughs> that one night when he scored, and it, it was on fire one night, that, but one of the, the Scottish Cup game and it went to penalties when we were about 300 up. And Anton had been back doing it about four each, went the extra time and we won in penalties. Apika was unbelievable that night, but nice. Nah, I think that's our Achilles heel. Our Achilles heel will be whether or not um, Brophy, Maine or Irwin can find scoring. And and But apart from that, I think we've put together a decent squad. He says that and come January we'll probably be bottom, scrambling about. But that's, that's, the, that's the joys of being a... Hope so. I think it's fun. <laughs> you're, you're talking about experienced players there, but I think a good one that's maybe been underestimated is the development of young players. No, oh, I mean if, if you look at if you look at was well that's VJ Henderson now in the team. He's played well. He's done well. He came in there. Ethan Erahon, I think Ethan came in. Ethan came under a wee bit of pressure because he came in as a fullback, which he isn't. He's a centre midfielder, but he did well. So then of course he played one good game and. You do that, but Ethan's a Ethan's a, a brilliant man. I mean, he's a man mountain for it. He's, he's still only twenty. You've got to remember, he's not even twenty-one. Cammy McPherson, which I feel sorry for Cammy. Cammy is, is a fantastic young player um, as well for us. So you've got, you I mean, you've, you've got three or four, and, and we've done really well over the years. And Jim, with the boy Jay Henderson, he said, "Well, Jay will be in. He's he's good enough, so he's in. He's in the squad, and he believes in them." And he said that, and we Jay's done done well. He came in and done really well, so. I think that's another one that Hibs will sign soon. <laughs> another one I'm interested in, he made his debut last season, I think he's highlighted as a young boy, Dylan Reid. I believe a, big, a lot of big clubs were in for him before they kind of signed a, kind of semi-professional contract at Midden. Aye, aye. So we've got, I, th- I think we, we, we keep... We keep we, we, or I, I think the, the good thing about it is is the, the changeover, we're, we're going to fit in ownership, having somebody, some, having somebody at the helm or, or somebody at your club 
likes a Tony Fitz, and I'm sure every club would 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 really like somebody who's a club legend who believes in the club and who has a wee bit of influence over the club. If 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 I'm if I'm saying that, he's he's a good human being. I know him really well. Um, I think he's always got the best interest of the the club. Oh, oh whatever he drinks some days when he goes on Scots Sport and going in the Champions League. I, I I usually phone him that night and I go. Did you say we're going to win the Champions League? He said, is that all I said? I mean, we're going to win the league. Why was that? So, nah, I, I think I think with him there, he, he's, he, he, he goes, and if anybody ever meets uh, Tony, he'll tell you what Sir Alex did for him. You've got to remember, Tony was made captain at St Mernes, a 17-year-old by Sir Alex. So, Tony does hold the ethos of, let's get the young players in, let's give them a chance. That's what we're here for. We're here for a footprint in the community, and and I, 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 I'm, I'm just looking forward to the season. I don't think there's been a season for many a year. Maybe COVID's caused it. That do you know something? It's exciting. We've got a good product, and I think that's the one good thing. We've got a good product in Scotland. We should be very proud of it. I thought last season showed we've got a good product, and maybe with the fans away and all the hype away for the Premier League down south, some of the games are rubbish. I think up here we've got a good, a good product. Shame that we're. Sponsored by Swiss Tony, yeah. <laughs> Is that that's the best that Doncaster could come up with? <laughs> I, I I genuinely think we've got a really good product. Oh, I I don't disagree. I just um, I just don't think we've got the right men at the top to to put out there and sell it. But that's probably yeah. a whole other topic. <laughs> I, but I think, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's going to. I think it's. I think somebody mentioned. I can't remember who mentioned it. I, I, uh, it was about the first three or four games. You're nervous. It's no like you're going into this going, Jesus, we've got a cut up. We've got Dundee, Dundee Heart Celtic. You're kind of going, ah, there could be nine points or zero. Yeah. So, oh, nah, how have you, you found Charles Dunn? I was very impressed against Thistle yesterday. Uh, a player that I thought that was heading for retirement, to be perfectly honest with you. Mother nurtured him through his recovery and seemingly offered him training facilities to see whether he could get up to speed. So it was a bit of a surprise to see him get the two-year contract at Saints, but he seems to have hit the ground running. I was I was utterly surprised that we got him. And I think that if I look at the, the back three stroke back four that St Mern's now put together, I'll probably shoot myself in the foot here, but uh, like John Shauna says, he's, 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 he's decent. He's decent. I think Marcus Fraser is flown right under the radar. I think he's really good for us. Um, I'm amazed we've still got him. If I'm being brutally honest, I'm amazed we've still got him in another deal. And I think Charles comes in there. I think uh, looking at where Jim wants to, what Jim wants to play with a back three. I think we struggled last season because we didn't have three natural centre backs. I think Charles coming in helps us make that transition, and we still get Connor McCarthy in there who m- might or might not go in the window. But uh, everybody so far, um, just watching Dunn coming in, uh, he looks like an athlete. He's quick. Aggressive in the box, so it's what we need. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm surprised that that you he's 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 with us, but obviously, I think it's, it was absolutely pivotal with with Cedric Kipre who left for a million pounds plus. He had a lot of flaws to his game, but Charles Dunn would come in and use his pace to to cover up for him quite a lot as well. So I think that will help if you do introduce some youth to the back line that. He can maybe mop up things as well. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how Main does. Who I, I must admit, I, I think he had half a dozen good games for Muddle, and I was stunned when McInnes took him to Aberdeen. But you were stunned. 
I was more stunned that you held on to him for two years. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a, it's a straight. Put it this way: at least he's been like a striker. He's got a goal. He, he scored early doors, which is always a, which is always one. So you see, so you never, you never know. I'm, I'm the same. It wasn't. I think a lot of people have now went. I, I wonder if we made a good. It's like Richard Tate for you guys last season. When Richard Tate came in last season, and a lot of people were going, "Ah, oh, Tate's done." And he had a few, he had a wee wobble, but seen near the end of the season, he, he was a total warrior for us. He, 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 he dug in, he played well, he's a bit of a leader, he can play across any bit in the back line, he can drop into a midfield role. So, it, it, it was a good, it was a good signing. So I was, no, 100%. I, that's, that's the kind of guys, when we talk about getting guys from lower leagues of England, they don't, they don't grasp the importance of this quite as much as as guys like Richard Tate and Charles Dunn, who I've got experience of, are playing at this level, they will give you 110%, and they will be big characters off the park. And I think that's where Mother will fallen down. They've lost quite a lot of that in recent times. And it looks like that's been to, to St Murn's benefit. And agree. And agree. Yeah, it's a bit of, I quite like that. That's the deal. And the fact that I, in another life, cover the League of Ireland, and... St Millen seem to be the only club in Scotland that seem to be going across the island to take players and they're taking their better players. The players that they've been linked with currently are the likes of Liam Sales, Peter Shamrock Rovers, quality centre-half. He's only 18. And it surprises me. Motherwell used to be quite good, at, like you say, picking up the younger lads from lower league England. But United used to be good at getting Irish lads. That's where Sean Dillon came from. He came from Shells. And it's surprising that more and more teams in Scotland seem to rather go for, with all due respect to them, bang average League 1, League 2 players rather than taking a wee bit of a gamble on a player that's not going to cost them hardly anything. When they come across in the summer, they're mid through, midway through season as it is, so they're not get, taking ages to get up to speed. And we've seen it with the likes of uh, McGrath at, at St Millen. He was by no means Dundalk's best player last season, um, but came in to St Millen and has got a call up to the, to the Ireland national team. I know that's they're not as what they used to be, but it's still a spectacular move and if you look at some of the boys especially in the League of Ireland at the moment Shamrock Rovers have had three or four players called up to the national sides and they're top quality players and they're not being paid anywhere near as much as they would be by even St Millen and stuff like that so it surprised me the last few years at Scotland in particular like they've drifted away for that I mean Hart signed Aaron McInef. I was going to say yeah, we spent he's a, almost 200,000 on McInef in January and he's he, he was he was certainly coming on to a game towards the end of of last season. Um, he's he's not kind of got going this campaign, but I do like the look of him, and he was he was very well rated over there from what I read and understood. Charlotte Rovers had I think twenty seven goals. I'm not saying obviously goal there, but like there are players, and it's just surprising that Samilin took the advantage, and no one else did. Jeff, is Michael O'Connor back up and running in Ireland? Uh, Ross County signed him at one stage last season and he went back to Ireland without even kicking a ball. Uh, do you know what ever happened to him? It's quite strange. You see what players go back. A lot of the time they're really young players so they feel like they've failed and you see them a lot of the time go back to the bigger clubs and then they drift down a wee bit. Michael O'Connor's taken a little bit of time but he sort of plateaued and started. He's starting to see good improvements out of him. He played at the weekend, but it was the FAI Cup, so the team he was playing, I think, was like the third or fourth tier below the top flight. So it's hard to it's hard to get a lot. Um, obviously, where it's gone, the manager changes have been 
like 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 non-stop so it's it can be a pain to work it out but yeah I think I wouldn't be surprised if he come if we don't see him back in the UK at some point in the sometimes when they leave but sometimes when players come across the same as when players from Scotland go down to England and vice versa they just don't settle the manager could yeah. be the wrong manager and I think the manager he had at Ross County towards the end was definitely the wrong type of manager for the type of player he and a lot of a lot of players that age are really yeah I'm surprised he never I'm surprised he never even got a, a chance but uh, no it was a bit of a strange one so uh, Andy um, is Malky Mackay the right type of manager <laughs> uh, well it's difficult to really glean too much from what's happened already because I mean, County's League Cup campaign was literally over before it got going just with the, the whole COVID outbreak up at Dingwall. So uh, they were already out before they kicked a ball. Um, so they've beaten Brora and they've beaten Montrose in their, their only two games so far. As I say, it's difficult to, to really work out too much, but I mean, they're, they're a team that are in a bit of transition, not just because Malky's come in, but also just because of the number of players that they let go. Um, I mean, the experienced core of their side that they came up um, from the championship with a few years ago, they'd kind of stuck with the bulk of that through the, the last three years. Um, the likes of Ian Vigers, Michael Gardine, Billy Mackay. Um, these guys are all gone now and it's a much younger looking county team. So, uh, I mean, it might be a, a bit more of a, a fresh start, I suppose. I mean, there, there are some good players there. Blair Spittle came on to a really good bit of form towards the end of the season and he's a player that's kind of lost his way a wee bit. Um, he had a, a loan spell with Partick Thistle last season and uh, seemed to be completely out of the out of the picture and then came back in January. John Hughes took him on and um, got, got the best out of him. But I suppose there was that kind of surprise in, in the first place that John Hughes wasn't kept on after kind of doing what he was asked to do and keeping County up. Because um, they, they won their last three games of the season, having really struggled for consistency up until that point. Um, so the, for the change to be made after the job was done was a bit of a surprise. But I mean, Malky's brought five new players in so far, but there's definitely a lot more needed. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their bench that played against Montrose on, on Saturday, and you know, it's very young. There's kids there that will probably end up going out on loan. Um, so of the signings so far Malky Mackay's brought in a couple of signings um, on loan from English Premier League clubs um, there's been another couple of guys from down south and Ross Callaghan from uh, from Hamilton which is probably the, the standout one so far because he had a fantastic season with uh, with Hamilton um, probably you know outperforming himself um you know, in the, the standards that he set at both Hearts and St. Johnson, I remember him at. Um, probably stepped up a notch from his, his time at both of, both of those clubs. I'm sure you'd he agree. Was, but. He was, uh, he, he kind of put in plenty of effort at Hearts, but it's it's one of these things that, um, it, it's, I think at Aberdeen maybe get a bit of this when players struggle when they take a step up. And I don't mean a step up because Hearts have done particularly well, but, like Craig Halkett's the a kind of prime example where I thought he was terrific at Livingston, where they played a certain way and he was all about 
old-fashioned defending to a degree, I would say, um, from what I saw of that back three. But when he came to Hearts, we wanted him to kind of step out and play out from the back. And he just, he's never looked overly comfortable, I would say, carrying the ball forward. Um, and he got injured and came back. And I think sometimes Hearts fans expect the team to play a certain way. And even if we grind out wins at home against pretty much anyone, they'll be miserable if it's not decent to watch, which is um, which is probably too high expectations given our recent performances and recent seasons. But I think Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen pop into my head when sometimes you see players who do really well at a club with a who who are very good. I think St. Johnston are one of the best examples where they're good at well-organised, good at getting results um, and often play into the fact that people maybe don't expect them to do what a Hibs or Aberdeen, and I mean that with all due respect when I say that, and a player will be thrown into Hibs or Aberdeen and the home fans expect them to do something more than that. It's not just a case of turning up and grinding out a result. And I think sometimes that's why we see players maybe flourish more at a Livingston or or a Motherwell or a St. Or St. Johnston in recent times. And then sometimes they turn up at Pataudry or Tynecastle and it just doesn't work out. But maybe that's me with um, <clears throat> my blinkered view of things. Quite surprised you say that, though, regarding uh, Callaghan at uh, Hearts. I, I don't think I'm imagining, at least. I seem to remember that there was a period where we were scoring goals for Hearts and they're making quite a big deal out of this Hearts fan playing for Hearts, uh, being a key player, etc. I remember being quite... Uh, the figure at Wraith Rovers, I think he might have been their captain at one point. Um, but I, I certainly feel he's a real coup for, for Ross County. He had a very brief spell at Dundee for a few games and then was injured for the rest of the season. And the fans were hoping that we, you know, out of what we'd saw from him was uh, really promising. We're hoping to get him uh, when his contract ran out, but sadly chose to go into the Scottish Premiership with Hamilton. And I've, I've got a question as well for, uh, for Skinner. Uh, regarding Alex Robertson, from to my understanding, he's meant to be a, a very, very promising and tidy footballer. I'm just wanting to know like, how much have you seen of him and how does he, how does he look? I wasn't actually at the the Montrose game on on Saturday, Ethan. Um, I've I've been on Cali Thistle uh, the last couple of games, so I've I've yet to see County. So uh, so much for John's build up as a, some sort of expert earlier on. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, no, yeah. no I think he is highly rated he, he's a, a wing player I think um, he's the, the son of Mark Robertson who you'll you'll know well I think he was actually born in Dundee as well it's, uh, obviously his birth coincided with Mark Robertson's spell at, uh, at Dens so yeah no, one that they're very excited about um, just based on I think Malky Mackay was aware of him from having been involved in sort of development football through his work at the SFA and he was able to sort of chart him from that because um, he's obviously eligible for Scotland so I think he was maybe involved in talks to try and um, convince him to to turn out for Scotland at youth level but um, you know it certainly looks an exciting prospect and you know there's there's a position up for grabs there because obviously Michael Gardine um, had been you know pretty much the first pick as, uh, as, as county's winger over the the last number of seasons, so there's uh, there's an opportunity for him there. Um, Jake Vokins is a, a left back that's come in from Southampton as well, which uh, again it's probably a situation where Malky's used his contacts from down south to um, to get that one on board. Um, but as I say, there's 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 definitely more to come from County, and I think the the biggest frustration will have been missing out on those two games because 
clearly they had to shut the whole club down and uh, amidst that that COVID outbreak and you know they weren't able to to sort of bring players up to show them around the ground or anything during that time so they they are probably looking like they're playing catch up already and being honest you know county probably will be among most people the the hot tips to to struggle this season after Hamilton going down you know you probably look at what's being widely regarded as being the, the strongest top flight in several years and and think that you know county might face a, a bit of a, a dogfight because they I mean they have been battling relegation both both seasons since they, they came back up again. Um the intent from the club is to try and you know emulate what uh, what some of the other clubs have done after coming up. I mean Dundee United were pretty comfortable last season, um albeit not top six, St Mirren the season before that uh came up. I suppose they were down and amongst the, the relegation spots on that occasion, but they they really kicked on last season and I think although top six might be a bit of a push for County, I think just trying to consolidate in that upper lower half um, is something that would you know they would see as as decent progress in the, the coming season. Wasn't intentional to bring County and Livingston up last, but most quarters, most predictions, it seems to be those two that are getting predicted to finish the bottom two. David, you find that surprising for Livingston when you consider what they've done the last couple of seasons? Uh, ah, well, I mean, I think we've always pu- we've punched above our weight, haven't we? Uh, got a cup final, two top six finishes. I think did we finish above Hibs and way above Hearts? You know, best team in the Lothians at one point. Uh, I mean, we're only what twenty five years old or whatever it is. So, uh, no. Nah, to be fair, it, we've always been labelled that, and I think we've always got the that's where we need to, that's what we want to achieve is above the relegation uh, places. Uh, I mean, I've been every single game apart from Brecon this season and I'm not going to lie, I mean, based on the performances, <laughs> I can see us firmly being bottom, no questions asked, uh, not putting well against Brecon, what went in 3-0, what Brecon are terrible, getting beat off Alloa, which was 2-1, but we could have probably got pumped Four or five one, if I'm being honest. No uh, 0 against Wraith again. Could uh, we could have easily got beat there? Uh, and Cowden Beath. I mean, they went one 0 up. <laughs> that was just really the start of the end. But uh, yeah, I can see why we get tipped. Uh, I think it's because we've not obviously got a massive budget. Uh, it's way way smaller than anyone else. Uh, I mean, people are talking about millions. We're lucky if we get half a million budget, never mind, you know, go into the millions. Uh, but yeah, that's fine. We can be written off at any point. That's fine with us. Uh, anything, you know, if people are going to underestimate us, I think, you know, when I think there was a game against Hearts, I think we were meant to get pumped by them. And we ended up pumping them 5-0 at Amundville, which was just, I mean, it was incredible. And it's always nice to bring up, isn't it? Uh but yeah, I mean, we always thrive on that, uh, and and I suppose we are a bit like Ross County that, like, Ross County out of the way, we're in between Hearts and Hibs, Rangers and Celtic. Who wants to come uh, to Livy? You've got what Lowland League clubs that are paying probably more money than what's at Livy. You know, I mean, the only sort of saving graces were in the Premiership, top six. We obviously had that amazing run, but again, if we never had that amazing run, we're fourteen games unbeaten. I mean, we would be down the bottom. Uh, we never won much before Gary Holt got sacked. Uh, and then obviously David Martindale came in unbeaten in 14. Uh, and then uh, obviously we never won much after 
that either, but it was enough to, to sort of see us through. So, uh, I, I, to be fair, I, I think I think the players sort of thrive on that. There's no expectations of them, you know, to perform that well. Right, okay, we're going to start with predictions and do it a wee bit kind of maybe mixed up. So we'll start with you, David, seeing as you're talking anyway. Predictions for Livingston in terms of where they'll finish in the league. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say 10th. I think that's where we'll hopefully finish above the above the relegation. And... Okay, right, fair enough. Uh, Paul, what's St Mirren? What you reckon in terms of where St Mirren can finish this season? I, I think we can maybe go one beyond last season, so probably 7th, or technically Fifth when we know at the end because we think we get mere points because we're in the bottom six. I think we can maybe I think we can maybe squeeze the top six. So that's going to be eleventh into it. So I think we can maybe do it this season. Right. Okay. No worries. Uh, Harry. I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll get for very minimum. I think we'll be fourth. I, I don't think that. Um, if you want a hot take as well, I don't think Hearts make top six. I think Hearts will hit stride as soon as. I reckon Hearts will have a struggling start to the season, and we about ten ten games to go. They'll kick off and they'll finish like same amount of points as fourth, but they'll take seventh. Body's recording this as we speak just now to to use this <laughs> constantly throughout the season. In that right, Laurie? Oh. Not going to make top six. <clears throat> Um, I, I I think it's difficult to I do find it difficult to predict if I'm if I'm if I'm being serious outside obviously the top two even with Celtic and disarray I mean you can see an opportunity there for someone but I I still don't from what I've seen see anyone strong enough Aberdeen maybe it's still unpredictable I wasn't sure a few Aberdeen fans I spoke to were felt unconvinced by Stephen Glass at the end of last season I know it has been a very brief period. Pretty impressive result to start the season. I honestly can't tell. I think, as much as I hate to say it, I think Hibs are a solid enough team. I think they will be there or thereabouts. I think we will be there or thereabouts as well. Um, I'd like to think top four. Um, I just find it very difficult to to predict. Obviously, Robbie Nielsen, last time he was in charge, first season back up, finished third. So he's done it previously. I don't think he'll have the same leeway this time around. Um, there'll be a bit of pressure on him if we don't start well and the fan expectations as I've mentioned are often to the point of being unrealistic at Tynecastle. so um, I'd say top four I think Hibs Hearts Aberdeen do I have to give you an exact position? Aye Because because Harry's being bold I'm just going to have to say third then because I was going to say fourth but I'll say third now because otherwise then if yeah, yeah, go for it. Why not? Up, that, Fight and talk now. Fight and talk. I like it. Um, <laughs> That's what okay? you promised me. Yeah, I did. I definitely. Um, Aberdeen, Erin, what is your prediction for where Aberdeen will finish this season? See, I'm trying to be impartial. I'm not mentioning us. We're going to win the league, obviously. Right. I did see your predictions now. Laurie will probably remember this more than most. I'm trying to see who's here. We used to do our predictions then. We did predictions every week. I never predicted that Aberdeen would lose a game it was under McKinnis oh, yes. like for a while we were challenging and doing well but yeah never, I couldn't bring myself to predict uh, no, we would lose a game so I want us to win every single game and by that logic you would win the league I did my predictions and actually I think I've done them well because you did say some of them are ridiculous but I think mine are quite fair I had Rangers in the relegation spot and then I <laughs> took them out Celtic, I think, are getting second, maybe off me, actually, Scott. I will just stick. Uh, what's, what's Scott, what you got for predictions in terms of Celtic? I'm the same as Erin, mate, that you've got to 
you can't predict your team's going to do worse than what you think. Yeah, I still think we won, won the league, but maybe in the last day, like we need to make some, need to make some serious signings, which I think they are doing. If you look at the time it's took to get the manager in, and then to rejuvenate the squad we had and start afresh, if we add to the back line and get a new goalkeeper, I don't want to keep saying about goalkeepers, but <laughs> if we get a new goalkeeper. Just play with a backy. Just play with a backy. I need to, yeah. <laughs> backy. The big boy. The big boy, Murray, he looks all right. Like, we could move him for centre half into the goals. Like, he's a bit of height about him, eh? <laughs> what, what do you think of Postacoglu in terms of... I've not actually watched any of the full games, but I know someone who played under him quite a bit, and he, he said he felt he would be a good fit long-term, but he will... He'll die by his philosophy. He won't he won't change how he approaches games. It will be all about possession, all about playing from the back, and he won't adjust. And I know, despite that's Brendan Rodgers, remember the Celtic way. I, I I won't tell you what I think the Celtic way is, but <clears throat> um, <laughs> you know, do you know? What I think though, you're kind of you're kind of coming away from it. I think he wants to play a more direct game than he does want to be tippy tappy at the back, like. Like Celtic teams have tried to do recently, and they, they get too much possession. It looks like he is trying to get the ball f- as fast forward as possible, but keep it nice and neat. Like he's no one to the team doesn't like what to lump up the part. They want to use the wings. Like well, I'm going to say it like a Tommy Burns team, and <laughs> it's that was that was the uh, philosophy was we'll score one goal more than you, and that's how you win a game, isn't it? But it meant more, I think, like the difference between. Obviously, Rogers was hugely successful, but because he kind of stood by that approach, I thought that's why in Europe Celtic were, you know, relatively poor because you know tried to go toe to toe with teams that had far better players. Whereas Lennon seemed to have a bit more pragmatism about him in certain matches. Was happy to maybe not necessarily blow teams away, and it was it was kind of the reason under Rogers that that winning run eventually came to an end because. One of the few things that Craig Levine did well in that second spell was he actually had Rodgers that day because we just kept pressing. And obviously, Craig Gordon, one of his very, very few weaknesses <laughs> is playing out from the back. And obviously, we knew that we could take mm. advantage of that. So I just wondered because I've not actually watched any. We, we talked about, about the 4 nothing game here at yes. Castle. Yes. That still gives me fucking nightmares, mate. Let's not talk about that. Mate, I was I was on commentary and I was I wasn't even facing the game. We were doing the Poznan jumping around at the back <laughs> in the commentary box. The Sky commentators actually, um, actually Crocker and uh, and what's his face moved along because we were being too loud. They were in the desk next to us in the second half. They had to move the desk along. We should give you credit here, Laurie. Though most people that I see on social media do say that you're one of the fairest commentators on a club channel. It's, it's very easy when your team plays shite to seem very fair. <laughs> Just thought I'd give you a bit of credit. Uh, Sparrow, what do you think will happen at Motherwell in terms of predictions for the league? Honestly, I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> I would be quite content with uh, an eighth place finish and just hopefully develop some sort of style and system that, that bodes well for the seasons coming forward. A cup run would be a bonus. We've got Dundee in the last 16 of the, the Premier Sports Cup. I guess that looking at the, the kind of seeded and non-seeded element of that draw yesterday, that was possibly about the best we could have hoped for, to be fair. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season, but I can't deny that it's been dampened somewhat by the the games that have been back in the stadium so far. Uh, they've not been too inspiring. But you can't read too much into those games. So I'll take eighth. But if we get a few more in, then the whole dynamic could change quite quickly. Okay, right, fair enough. Uh, Jeff at Dundee United, what about thoughts? Yeah, what was your production? Sorry, uh, eight. eighth as well. Right, okay. I think like, a lot of fans want the top six, and a lot of fans got raging yesterday after the East Five game where Sam Colts came out and said that we should be fighting to get into the top six because fans won't expect us to be in the top six. But, uh, No worries. Um, All I heard there was uh, he can't wait till Robbie Nielsen gets sacked by heart so we can return to <laughs> United and they can uh, get back to free-flowing, entertaining football. I, I think, I think that's what Jeff said. A wee bit of interference. Not like you to interfere with folk from Dundee, Laurie. Um, Ethan. Uh, the <laughs> that, other side that was of, Lee Griffiths. <clears throat> Ethan, uh, the other side of Dundee, uh, what's your predictions? And I'll say predictions, not hopes, because everyone hopes you win the league, but predictions for where you'll finish this season. I think we'll be comfortably mid-table. I think we'll avoid the the relegation fight. But in saying that, the league's always tight, so there'll be some weeks where it looks like, oh, you're a bit too close for comfort. And other leagues where we look like we could potentially be pushing above our weight. But no, I would I would back Dundee to finish comfortably. Again, the same answer, eighth place. Is eighth. Everyone's under. battling for eighth then. Right, okay. No reason why they couldn't try and push further. I think it's a good squad, but at the same time, yeah, it's just very, very strongest. Strongest the league's been in quite a while. So yeah, I think I think eighth is quite a fair production. Okay, fair it'd enough. Be, it'd be typical Edinburgh football that after the Hearts and Hibs fans boldly say third, and all these other fans are saying eighth. We're battling against relegation. <laughs> well, it's previous, isn't it? Previous for it, um, Nori. So you won the double cup double last year. Everyone's saying, how can you top it? Surely it's St Johnson for the league this year. You would, you would hope so. I mean. We'll probably finish eighth now. I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, from my point of view, anything that's not relegation is a successful season, um, and that's just simply because of the budget that we've got is is one of the lowest in the league, and it's always been that way. So uh, last season we overachieved and we we did really well. I don't think you can really take that into this season unless we keep the majority of the players from last season, which isn't looking likely at the minute. There's a few bids coming in, I think. So if we keep the same squad, probably top six, five or six. If we have to sign some replacements late in the day for the likes of Rooney or perhaps um, Liam Gordon at the back or one of the other lads that's, that's uh, under the keen view of Hibs, apparently, 
Um, then, yeah, we could be looking at we could be looking at eighth. Is eighth your prediction then, or fifth or sixth? Are you going eighth? Everyone's fifth, going for eighth. Fifth or sixth if we keep the team together and somewhere in the bottom six if um, if we don't. Right, so okay. probably seventh to ninth. Okay. <laughs> right. Eight. Not really eight. Seven teams that join eight. Aye. <laughs> well, you never know. The league was pretty tight mid-table last season towards the end. Like obviously Paul remembers losing out in the last day in top six. So it is generally pretty tight in the middle of the table. It's gonna be very tight this year though, with eighth. Everyone everyone's finished eighth. Uh Andy, you kind of touched a wee bit on maybe what county might do this season in terms of production. What do you reckon? Um, I think it might be a slow start from them, truth be told. I mean, they start this weekend um, at home to the Double Cup winners, St Johnston, and then they play last season's top four in succession. So when you add all that onto the disruption that they've already faced, then uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they're they're slow to get off the mark. But no, I, I do actually have quite a, a decent feeling about County. Um some of the, the younger players that they've got, um, you know, can can really do some damage on their day. Um, I, I think they might get get themselves out of relegation danger. As it's I say, without, us to say eight. See if it's old us to say eight. I'm, uh, podcast finished. Like pushing on for the top six, and <laughs> for that reason, I'm going to say eight. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Okay. Uh, I get relegated, sorry. That means no more Mallard. I know it was a tough one, so Livingston maybe would be the other one. That's fair. Let's go down. <laughs> we would all miss the Mallard, wouldn't we? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, I don't know. Like, in, I've been to Livingston. It wasn't. I mean, it is really handy, but I wasn't over impressed. Apparently, there's a really nice shopping centre. But you can't really like too many roundabouts. So. <laughs> it's the best bit. And I didn't have a pie, but I didn't hear they were brilliant. So, are you going to defend the pot, the lovey pies, uh, David? David, David. Nah, they're absolutely nah. shocking me, honestly. And your yeah. pitch is not very good. Sorry. Oh, the pitch, the pies. What, <laughs> what else? Knuckle draggers. What's what's the next roundabouts? Used to play sound effects what? at corner kicks as well. That was that was enough. Lovey's the only team that's trying to get the away fans in before the home fans this season. Yeah, <laughs> we we Scott, <laughs> Scott, this is a bigger attendance than a Livy home game. <laughs> Are we getting to you on the 8th? Because I see Hibs have got 2,000 um, tickets at wherever they're going. Motherwell, is it? Some, yeah. yeah um, so are we getting to Livingston? I mean, you probably don't know this. I appreciate you, you don't work for the club, but it looks as though we could get to Livingston on the 8th, apparently. Uh, well, I've I joined the media team actually, so I'm I'm, I'm in the club quite a lot. So, uh, I but we like how the Meath fans in. Obviously, we don't have that many fans. I think we're allowed two thousand fans in, and uh, I mean, don't quote me, but I think our season tickets are like maybe six, seven hundred. Uh, but the way the way the stadium's set out, no one can get in the east stand, which is the main stand, and they can open up the other three stands. So, I think they'll, they'll probably allow about a thousand Aberdeen fans in. Yeah, because I will say when I was at Livingston, there was a game and it wasn't like, there was no reason for it to be especially quiet, but it, there wasn't, there was more of us. And <laughs> that's I every do, game for us. <laughs> I do wonder if, um, so that's quite exciting. That'd be a nice little 
away game. And then after the 9th of August, we should all be going any games, apparently. Yeah, well, I think they're going to increase the capacity. Uh, but so, so I was speaking to the business manager at Livingston, and, and he was telling me the sort of ins and outs. I mean, this is probably quite interesting for you guys. Is So we are selling season tickets in the stand we can't get in, and then they're having to sort of distribute them around the stadium, well, to the West Stand. Uh, but what's happened is, because fans are, you know, they're the worst, let's be honest, we're all the worst. Now, folk are wanting their seats kept for them in the old stand, but the system with Ticketmaster, they can't actually, like, physically put them elsewhere. And then they've got the whole socially distanced, and then you've got, you know, whatever else comes. I think they're not allowed on the L seats because when people go up and down, I mean, all the L seats are sort of taken care of. Uh, so there's loads of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that people probably don't even think about uh, when it comes to, like, how, how can they actually do it? Because when well, now we were a Ticketmaster, you don't actually, you don't pay at the gate, you've got to buy your ticket and then you get, it gets all gets allocated. So uh, it's, about a, it's a logistical nightmare, as they put it. <laughs> right, potentially a daft question here. A bit like asking a Celtic fan, where they'll finish in the league. Andy, where are Rangers going to finish? Uh, obviously, as you said earlier, the, the hopes is for all our teams eighth. to finish first. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to rule out eighth because it's it's being shared amongst too many there by the sounds of it. No, but in, in all seriousness, uh, I'm confident that we'll retain the title again this season. Uh, and as I say, Celtic as bad as they were last season. And, and I'm sure Scott will agree and, and hope that they do. I, I think Celtic will add a wee bit of more quality or experience within the team between now and the the end of the window. But I think Rangers will add maybe one or two and, and see a few go out the door as well. But I fa- the fancy is to retain the title. A, a possible run somewhere in whatever European competition. And I would be disappointed if we don't win at least one of the domestic cups. Apologies to the St. Johnson fan for that. But uh, I would be disappointed if we don't win one of the domestic cups. Can you see more else then, Andy? It's, it's the same. It's the same every window with Morelos. You know, he wants his move. He wants, and I think Jared is sort of fed up now and frustrated that it's it's, it's the coming from the agent rather than you know Morelos wanting to actually go. Mm. And I'm not I'm not being big headed here. And if he goes to the likes of Porto or wherever, he's not going to be. At a bigger club historically than, than Rangers, yes, he'll get more money. He'll probably play more football and stuff. He'll probably not get as many bookings or, or red cards. But uh, I, I would love him to stay. But if he goes, it's not the end of the world either, you know. So what you've been, what you've been reading and seeing though, has he even came back to training yet? Yeah, well, he's back. He was back yesterday. Uh, I know it's the same with a lot of clubs. Their players were away on international duty. Okay, he didn't play that much, but uh, he was back yesterday. It'll take him, I think, if they isolate or whatever, 10 days, whatever it might be, and then take him to get up to speed. But we, we've got strength and depth throughout the squad in, in all areas. You know, we've not spent much money, if, if any, but we've, we've added to the, the squad in, in certain areas, and I think we will add in, in certain more to, to bring a bit of... It's more so quality over quantity, I think, for Rangers in, in this season's windows. Hmm. And can, can I just can I just add, sorry, just before I move on from the Rangers point of view, I meant to say this at the start as well. 
I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the guys will know and, and the listeners to the podcast will know about the uh, the sad news of the, the passing of the ex-Rangers captain of Ali Dawson. Uh, passed away at the age of 63 and uh, Ali Dawson joined the club as a young 16-year-old and he made his debut against Queen's Park in a, in a Glasgow Cup tie. He went on to make 315 appearances for the club across 12 seasons, winning six honours overall and that was during his time at the club. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame at Rangers in 2011 and also made five, sorry, earned five caps for Scotland as well. So it's, just, it's the same with a passing of, of any player or any ex-player at any club. You know, it's, it's sad to see. So I just thought it would pay, pay a tribute towards uh, Ali Dawson and thoughts going towards his family. Yeah, absolutely. We can only echo that at the podcast, all of us. Um, I was wanting to talk about best kits, but I think we're an extra time penalties, so we're close on two hours here. I'm going to mention the fantasy football, though. I hope you're all in. The I am now in, I promise. You're in? Okay, I know Scott's in. anymore. Is anyone uh, here not in yet? I think me. Not yet. Give me. Well, I'll, I'll have to get into it. Everyone's get, get in yeah, I'll get on the case tomorrow. It's pinned on the Twitter, so the top tweet on our Twitter just now should be the leak. But it is now public, so see on the Fantasy Football Scotland app, but it's got all the other podcasts, and some of them have got their leagues. Our league's there as well. So if you go in, all you need to do is, once you've created your team, go to the public leagues and then just click join. Uh, we've got prizes. So we've got the winner gets a hoodie or hat and t-shirt from Supernova Terraceware. Um, second place gets a adult mystery kit from Supply Shirts. And third place gets a T-shirt from Mind, Body and Soul. So there's prizes to be won. Whole lot of fun in the SFF podcast funhouse. I've already changed my team three times this week. It's only Monday. It's podcast, your goalkeeper, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've no idea the back line. <laughs> I had six players in and no money left. I don't understand how that's possible. I spoke about it last night. Uh, there is a Rangers player in there. Yeah, you, oh. were, you were dissing me last week for having Rangers put in, but I do feel... No, I've seen it's more really well in the fantasy football. Is it Ryan Jack? Players are up near the top. <laughs> <laughs> is it Robin Forrest? A pretty obvious one who it is, I think. Um, who? Is the, the he kind of just Tavernier. Think, yeah, it's Tavernier. You think we're going to get points? So Tavernier is obviously going to be scoring penalties and was probably the top point scorer last year, close to that. I think so. Yeah, so, but yeah, the players in there so. Yeah, uh, Marcus didn't make the cut when I was having a look through. If you're looking for a goalkeeper, there's a young guy coming through at Hearts who's very handsome. Harry Stone. Damn joke. Is that why so you could be a girl, Laurie? Are you modelling yourself on Craig Gordon? Don't encourage. I you. wish. You wish. How did you say that? Yeah, and I know Laurie and his, his love for players. Craig Gordon bring out a calendar or not? He should. <laughs> you could ask. Neil Lennon used to do a very nice hey. calendar. Craig Gordon, when they come for his calendar, though, would they? <laughs> when, they when they sign it for you, that's for sure. No, you're right. I think, I, I think no, Laurie would come for his calendar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dear me. <laughs> so yeah I, if you all get involved Friday night to be in the first week yes uh, yeah well I definitely Friday but maybe Saturday by half one 
Oh, you told me Friday, so I've just been saying Friday. First Best game kicks off at half one on Saturday. Yeah. Fair to tell yourself Friday because on Saturday you might be busy. Like it's that like going to the football. People might be busy going to the football, so getting by Friday, no chance Best. of forgetting your team. If you miss the first week, that's probably going to put you out of the running. I'm yes, definitely. It'll be difficult. And but once you do your team, you don't actually. If you just go on and do it, you can then go back and change stuff and fix it and sort it. And you should until the league starts. Make a point of saying that. Yeah, funny team names. Funny team. Anyone got a good funny team name? My one that I usually have the actual like English Premier League one. Um, on the league last year, I had to change my name halfway through because. Oh they yeah, yeah. Go for it. Say it. We shanked our senseless, which I yep. think I think that's fine. Um, currently we've got Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret. Oh right, okay. Any other good names? St. Paulathine, that's mine. <laughs> it's not my name just now, but I used to call my teams uh, the Sesk Pistols. Those are the English Premier League ones. Yep. Decent. Good luck. Enter your mom is always a good line as well. <laughs> yeah, I think we might be getting to the stage where we might need to wrap up this podcast, right? I want to thank everyone for coming on. It's been a bit experimental. Apologies if you've maybe not got to talk as much as you might have liked to, but everyone is welcome on at some point or other. We might try this again. I quite liked it. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, you're different. Uh, the idea behind it, which is one of the worst actual Scottish football programs ever, probably, was when Julian Sinclair and Sarah O used to do. Scott Sport and our, was it a Monday night? And they used to have the fan kind of panel. That was the best bit of the show, I thought. I think fan views are always best. So like yeah. Walker's Watch. Yep. Andy Walker's little segment. I didn't, it was terrible, but <laughs> there might be a vote on Twitter about best kits if I can convince the rest of them to allow it. We will do. I think it was just time-wise. I think we've managed to cover most things that we wanted to. So, yeah, thanks again, everyone. We'll vote on that because then we can put it out to a wider audience and then we can be assured that Aberdeen's kit's nice as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah speaking of Twitter, I need to put in a little shout-out here to Jake Shaw, my friend who's meant to be on the podcast today uh, tonight. He's not, not able to make tonight's uh, call. And we both run the Dance Park Choir Twitter page, which you can follow on Twitter just for anyone interested. Baby come yet? I think that was... was, was a baby Is that why you having a child? Uh, no, that's not the reason. He's, he oh. was... That, that was not standby, but no, that's not the reason why he's not able to make it. I just think it's just work, held up at work. I meant to, I meant to throw this in at the start in my introduction, but I just totally forgot. That's all right. So, uh, that's all. Right, cool. Well, thanks again, everyone. And I shall speak to some of you probably sooner rather than later. All right. Best of luck to all teams. Cheers, thanks. Cheers. Thank you very much. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.